Say, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody one more high five. and Amen. Here we go. We've been talking about the path. We know that the Bible says, you know, David said, you know, you will show me the path of life. It's not a path. It is the path. It is the path. Jesus is the way. There are not a whole bunch of ways to God. There's one way. There's not a whole bunch of ways to God life. There's one way. You know, and a lot of times that one way, you know, you might think, well, what if I disagree? That's where submission comes in. Remember the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You know, we, we want the devil to flee, but you've got to submit to God first. Submission doesn't begin till you disagree. Prior to disagreement, you're just in agreement. But when you elect to, to yield, even though you disagree, now you're in submission. I thought it was kind of interesting this morning. I flipped on the TV getting ready for church, and on Face the Nation, they're talking to this lady that's, you know, Republican running for president. And she's taking a lot of heat because she used a scripture in 2006 that says, wives, submit to your husbands. And uh, they were trying to point out to her and educate her that submit is not a very popular word in today's society. And, you know, a lot of us, we think that, that well, that it means to be, you know, a, a servant to another, you know, to be lesser than. Look, you're created in the image of God and in the likeness of God. You, you, are, you, you are made and wired for victorious living. But you're still going to yield and surrender and submit to God. And there's a lot of things in the Bible that you might not agree with. Do it anyways. Because God knows some stuff you don't know. Right? Jeremiah 33, 3, call me, I'll answer you, show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. But, you know, the amplified, thin things, hidden things, secret things. Look, I know you think you're a genius, but I ain't ever seen you at the genius meetings. And I go all the time. You know, you ain't been there. And, and, and the deal is, is that, you know, we don't know as much as God. God has a plan for your life. And it's not to hurt you, it's to prosper you. So, trust God. You can never convince me that you trust God, but live life your way instead of His way. If you trusted Him, you'd do what He said. Why? So He could produce for you what He promised. He's got a future, a hope for you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, there's hope for you. (laughs) I know some days, you know, it just seems like stuff's out of control. You know, our family, you know, can, can, can just be in a spot. You know, you ever found yourself in a spot and you wonder, how did we get here? How did this happen? Well, it's choices and decisions that, that we've made. It brought us to the place that we're at. And a lot of times we're making decisions that aren't based on trust in God. They're based on, on human reasoning. Romans 8, 6 says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Death isn't dead. Death is separation. Right? So to be carnally minded, that's sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. When you're not, when you're not including the Holy Spirit in, in the decision-making process, because, see, if you, without the Holy Spirit, you're going to kind of do what you want. But when you bring the Holy Spirit in, all of a sudden, it's not always what you want. But it's, 
living life God's way. So it's like Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Then everything else you're worried about, he said he'd take care of. Right? But without the Holy Spirit, you, you're not going to go after God's way. You're going to go after your way. See, we got to learn to trust God, and we we got to let him participate in our life. Man, you know, guys, we, we get T-shirts and bumper stickers, but there's more to it than that. Yeah, Revelation 3.20, I'm standing at the door and knock, and any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and him with me. What does that mean? That means you're at the threshold of God's involvement in your situation. And God wants to participate, but he needs you to open the door. How do you open the door? By doing what he said. If you hear my voice, it'll open the door. When? When you do what he said. Let's look at this scripture. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. It doesn't make any difference where you are right now. What you're going through, God can direct your path. If God directs your path, then the destination, the destiny, the end point, the, the final outcome will be better than your current condition. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, it, it's not dependent upon how bad it is or how good it is right now. The end result, your end result will be better than your current condition if you allow God to direct your path. But it hinges on your ability to put all your trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acts sixteen thirty two in the message. Put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Then you'll live life, the life you were meant to live. And your whole house too. Well, how did we get here? How did we end up in this spot? Well, we lost our trust in God. We didn't even take time to think about it. We just went out and did what we did. We made the choice that we made. We thought we had a handle on it. Well, do the doctor feel to yourself. How's that working out? In a lot of areas of our life, we need supernatural intervention right now. We need a miracle. Why? Because we've wandered so far from the path that God's carved out for our life. We just got to get back on the path and allow him to direct our path. Look at Isaiah 40, verse 3. He said, there's a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight a desert in the desert, a highway for our God. Are you, are you building a highway for God to get to you or do you just have a, a little trail? That cuts through the, you know, through the timberline somewhere. You need a highway for God. You gotta prepare a way for God to get to you. God's made a road for you. You gotta make a road for God. We already talked about filling in the valleys and leveling off the hills and smoothing out the ruts and clearing out the rocks. What are those? Those are just simple choices that lead to God life. But, you know, we gotta continually remind ourselves that we have a responsibility to prepare for God. We spend all of our time in repair mode when God's called us to prepare. We're dealing with a past that is covered in the blood of Jesus. It is gone. Look, whatever sin you committed, whatever blackmail the enemy's holding against you, just, just here, here's counseling 101 for you today. Admit it and quit it. Okay, next. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's get to the future that God has for us. You know, the word prepare means to make ready in advance. Preparation are the actions or measures taken to align oneself with a specific future. The actions or measures taken 
to align oneself with a specific future. You kind of got to ask yourself today, what actions are you taking? What are the measures that you're involved in, engaged in today? Because you, 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 might, you might think that, well, there ain't nothing going on. Oh, something's going on. You're headed somewhere. Where are you going to be in just a few hours from now, a few days, a few weeks? If you keep on the path you're on, where are you going to be? And if you look at it and you know where it's going and you stay there, but then you complain when you get there. Somebody needs to choke you out for Jesus. You do not have the right to complain about that which you're willing to permit. You know, if you're on a road for a collision, you know, how about stop? Turn around. Change directions. What is it that you have connected yourself to that is it's coming? There ain't no way around it. Is it possible that we're experiencing the exact level of God life that we've prepared for? That's not only possible, it's a fact. You know, I could, I could trick you this morning and I could ask this question. Please don't respond to this question. Don't raise your hand. Say that because inevitably somebody raises their hand. Don't do it because I will mock you publicly. But if I ask this question today, if I said, how many of you wish that your relationship with God was more intimate than it is right now? How many of you wish that was true? And, you know, punches of people would raise their hand. Why? Well, because you're lying to yourself. Because the level of intimacy that you have with God today is the level of intimacy that you actually desire. Because if you desired greater intimacy, you'd do whatever it took to have greater intimacy. I know people who can't pay their bills, but they're in Disney World. Why? Well, because their desire to go to Disney World was bigger than their desire to pay their bills. And you know what they did? They went and got what they wanted. I know that if you want to, you can go to anywhere you want to church. You chose to come here today. Well, God brought you here so that he could remind you that your level of intimacy with him is exactly where you desire it to be. Hello? You are experiencing the life with God that you've prepared for. Desire leads to a thing. Decisions lead to a place. You better hope that the place that your decisions are taking you to is the place where the desire is located. It doesn't make any sense to go to a place where the desire is not located and then talk about how bad you want that desire. Desire isn't enough. We desire a lot of things, but we've got to be willing to make the decisions that will take us there. Look, Isaiah thirty twenty one says, Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the left or to the right. God said that if you'll trust me, I'll direct your path. I'll get you to the place you need to be, where the thing is located that you greatly desire. All you've got to do is hear my word. When you hear his word, what do you do? You do what his word said. So you're going to make decisions to follow Christ. We're going to be followers of Christ. Christ followers, look at somebody uh, somewhere and, and, and tell them, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. I'm following Christ. As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. We're not living any way. We're living God's way. Come on, church. We're going we're gonna to live God's way. Well, today, I want, just real quick, I want to give you three insights that will really help you make godly decisions. That will help you make the decisions that will get you to the place you're supposed to be. See, all of us are headed somewhere. The problem is, is that a lot of us just don't have a clue where it's at. Well, let's, let's get somewhere on purpose. 
Let's do some things on purpose. Let's demonstrate Satan's defeat. Let's, let's live a lifestyle that's an absolute humiliation to hell. I'm headed for Victoryville. Hello? No more defeat. I don't want to just sing no chains on me. I want to live. No chains on me. I don't want to just sing, you know, take my life, uh, sac- uh, sacrifice a prayer. I want to live it. God, my life is yours. And I'm going to make the decisions that allow you to move in my life any old way you want to. No strings attached. Hello? Well, you're going to have to make some decisions. I want to give you three insights. You ready? I hope you write these down because the tapes today are ninety nine ninety five. <laughs> write, write this down. Okay, first decision. First, first insight regarding decisions. Number one, there is no need to pray about what God has already spoken about. You do not need to pray about what God has already spoken about. If he said it, all you got to do is do it. You're going to pray about it. You're going to pray about whether or not you should obey. I want you to join hands with me and pray. I'm considering leaving my wife. You're an idiot. You don't have to pray about leaving your wife. You've got to pray about reconnecting with your wife. Oh, now I'm really popular. Yeah, we're going to get up in your stuff today. You know, I'm really praying about, look, if God said to do it, just do it. We don't have to pray about, you know, how we're supposed to live this life. We've got the Bible. He tells us how to live. We just need to do what he said. I don't know if I have this strength. Well, the Bible says I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's going to infuse me with an inner strength. The question isn't can I do it. The question is will I do it. I'm praying that I can forgive. Why don't you just grow up and forgive? You know, quit smoking dope and live for God. Wow, I'm on it this morning, I can tell. Oh, here we go. He's going to give us a list of rules. And, no, God already did. You talk to God. Just talk to God. You don't have to pray about getting along with my family. The Bible says in Isaiah thirty-two eighteen, my people are going to live in a peaceful habitation. A secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. If God said you're going to live in a peaceful habitation, you have to pray about whether or not you should stop arguing. You should just stop arguing. Stop fighting and choose to get along. Hello? I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray about whether or not we should serve in the body. We're going to choke you out. When we launch into the fall, you know, we're probably going to have to add services. You know, it's for a while. They're only an hour and ten minutes long. You can go, you can go to one service and serve in the other or vice versa. But you, you need to find a place where you're helping us grow the, grow the body and build the church. Knowing that, you know what, we don't have to ask God, should we? We just got to get involved and we got to serve. Why? Well, because there's two, two institutions that were ordained of God, marriage and the church. And you're supposed to be a part of the body. Fifty-seven times it says one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Love one another. Support one another. You need, you know, you need one another. If, if Proverbs 18.1 says, He who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and is void of sound judgment. In other words, he's an idiot if he lives separated from God and man. So why live like an idiot? How about live like a child of God? You don't have to pray about it. Just get in and serve. 
Say, I love Pastor Tom. Come on, let's say it again. Say, I love Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom loves you. Well, it doesn't feel like it. You know, guys, I better not say that. We're not going to put it on the screen, but let's look at look at Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6. You can trust me if you want to. This is the instruction, starting at verse 1, Deuteronomy 6. This is the instruction, the laws, the precepts, which the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land to which you go to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your sons and your sons' sons, and keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days might be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be watchful to do it that it may be well with you, and you could increase mightily as the Lord your God, your Father, has promised you, and land flows, flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, for the Lord is one God. Hear it and do it. You know, we, I could spend hours today if you want me to. We can just go right through lunch. And I can just show you over and over and over in the Bible. In, in the Old Testament, it said hear and do. In the New Testament, it says hear. And it makes the assumption that you're going to do what he said. That you realize that he ain't saying it just to say it. He's saying it so you can do it. You ain't got to pray about whether you should do what God said. You just got to get busy and do what God said. If you're going to make decisions that are going to keep you on the path, you stop praying about the stuff you don't need to pray about. There's enough stuff we need to take to God in prayer. Hello? He said, hear it and do it so that you can increase mightily. God wants to increase you. He wants to prosper you, not harm you. How about you trust God? Number two. Okay, one was really popular. Number two. This insight will help you. We do not violate godly principles. You know, you're making a decision. Well, ask yourself, does this violate godly principles? Because God's will for your life is not going to break his principles. Hello? Well, God wants me to be happy. Happiness is based on happenings. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's the product of character, of, of, of a developed inner man. Okay, whether or not you're happy, well, that depends on how you see what's happening. But the joy of the Lord, that's your strength. Where are you going to get that fruit? Where, how are you going to develop that fruit in your life? By living a principled life. You, you know, should I cheat on my taxes? No. It violates God's principles. So don't, don't be a cheater. Don't be a liar. Don't be a thief. Don't live in deception. Don't hold back the truth. Come on, guys. Let, let's live like godly people so we can get godly results. You know, it goes against God's principles for you to, to hold grudges. Some of you look at me like you're holding one right now. It goes against godly principles. You know, Philippians 2 in, in the message. Uh, it's about verse 2. And it says, uh, here's what I want you to do. Love one another. Agree with each other. Be deep-spirited friends. 
Yet there's people in the congregation that you don't like. And you think it's them. No, you're living in sin. Might as well, you know, shoot both barrels today. Because some of you, it'll be two months before we see you again. I can tell. Well, they've done me wrong. You're living against godly principle and expecting a godly outcome. You know, Paul was writing to one of the churches and he said, I wish that I could, I could give you meat, but I can't because you act like babies. I've got to give you milk. And, you know, we read that and we find out, you know, really who he's talking to? Us. We struggle with stupid stuff and we're missing out on the big thing that God's called us to do. And most of us in our life, why is it? It's because we, we've, we've accepted, we've entertained principles that are contrary to God's principles. You want to make some great choices, some life choices? You want, to, you want to get to the place that God's called you to be? Well, then your decisions cannot violate God's principles. The third insight I want to share with you this morning, maybe you'll like this one, is that this is your story. Before you make a decision, realize, number one, that you, you don't even need to pray about it if God's already said to do it. Number two, that don't make the decision if it's going to violate His principle. And number three, remember, this is your story. This, this story, this decision is going to impact your story. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to be swayed by the impressions or thoughts of people, especially people who don't know God, who are separated from God. Why do I care what they think? I'm, I'm, this is my story. In 1980, when my father was sent home to die with cancer, and he had tubes up his nose, and he was so weak, he had to push his head up with his hand, and he had been through radiation and chemotherapy, and he, half of his heart had been burnt out, and they, everybody said he was going to die. But he had a revelation sitting in a chair, wait a minute, this is my story. So he got in the Word of God and started reading Proverbs 4, My son, attend to my words, hearken to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, for they are life to those that find them health and, health, uh, health and healing to all their flesh. And he just decided, you know what, it's my story, I ain't dying. So he got up out of the chair, built a bunch of churches, got a bunch of people involved in ministry, lived another 20 years. This is your story. Why would you surrender the rights to your story to an enemy who's trying to kill you? This is your story. Why would you allow your marriage to fall apart? Why wouldn't you decide that, you know what, it's going to be a better story if we have success, if we experience victory, if we trust God and allow Him to produce His promise? We've got a lot of people that would love to impact our story, but wait a minute, this is my story. You know, let, let me tell you something about our story. Just in, a, just in a few weeks, we'll be able to flash some pictures up on the building, or up on the building, up on, up on the, what's that called? Screen and we'll have, we'll, have, we'll have pictures of the buildings that we are preparing ourselves to build, and, and they're going to go out there on the ten acres that we own, and and if we do what what we can do and what we ought to do when we move in out there, it, guys, it, it'll be sweatless victory. We're going to show you. We're going to why? Because it's our story, and we've just we've just decided that when we get there, our debt will be less than it is here. Why would we go there if it would cost us more than here? If it's going to cost more there, we might as well stay here. No, when we get there, it's going to be cheaper. And we're going to have more. And we're going to have more future. And we're going to have more ability. And, and, and at the end of the story, we're going to look around in and, 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 and the middle of, of a cruddy economic environment. We're demonstrating Satan's defeat. Why? Well, because we've made decisions 
and we made him realize that this is our story. This is our story. We, we are never going to have to send, you know, professional fundraisers to your house so that we can do what God's called us to do. Bless God. Why? Because it's our story. We, the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It's Proverbs. So we want a bigger world. So you know what we're doing? We're living an extravagant an extravagantly generous life. We're going to give more. We're going to impact more. Why? Because it's our story. A lot of you have accepted things in your world that don't fit in the story. I think maybe what you ought to do, maybe what you ought to do is you ought to allow God to paint a picture of your end result. You know, get in the Bible. You need the Word of God. You need the Word of God so that you can have a clear picture of the end. You need to take the picture that was in your head down off the mantle of your heart and take the painting that God's painted and put it above the mantle. And then when things are introduced into your environment, all you got to do is look above the mantle of your heart and see the picture that God painted of your future. And when you're looking at the picture, this place above the mantle of your heart and what has been introduced into your environment isn't in the picture, you can say it ain't in the picture. And if it ain't in the picture, I'm not going to accept it. Why? Because this is my story. I'm not going to allow the enemy to take over my story. Yeah, but this is a real issue. This is a real issue, all right. It's your future that God has planned for you. And God knows some things that you don't. And God is bigger than anything that comes against you. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, you can condemn. This is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. Huh. So you don't have to cave in, give up, and quit. You don't have to say, you know what? Well, I, I guess that's what the way it goes. No, 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 no. This is your story. You and God, get the picture that God has for you. Stop making Lousy decisions. Don't let the enemy dupe you. Don't let him lie to you. I don't know how many people are in the room right now that, that had they let the enemy dictate their story, they'd be six feet under. We would have had potato salad in their honor. But instead, they, they, they were determined, huh, Beth? They were determined, no, I'm just going to go ahead and live and irritate people. Good, good on you. You know, how many marriages shouldn't be together, but today they are, and they're leading others to marital you know, success and victory. Great! That's your story. Don't let the enemy dictate your story. Make decisions. Make godly decisions. Realize that all you've got to do is do what he said. Don't break his principles. And decide to trust him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding because you don't have the wisdom that he has. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he's going to direct your path. Where is he going to take you? To the destiny that he created you for. He's going to get you to the spot, the winner's circle, to the place where you're standing there and, and all of hell's going, oh, shoot. And all of heaven's rejoicing with you. Amen. Look at somebody tell him I'm a winner. Amen. Bow your head and close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for what you're doing in us.
Lord, we thank you that you have, you have given us everything that we need to live a life that's absolutely pleasing to you. Your word says that even when we lack wisdom, we can ask of God who giveth liberally to all men and upbraideth not. You're, you're, you're not trying to keep it away from us. You're trying to have us collide with insight and revelation and understanding. So today, Lord, we commit ourselves to taking authority again in the story of our life. We're not going to allow ourselves to be defeated. We make a godly decision today to walk in strength and victory. Thank you, Lord, for directing our steps. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask a question. Just before we leave, we're all going to pray a prayer together. If you're here today and you're separated from, from God, from God life, I'm not asking you, have you ever prayed what maybe we'd call the sinner's prayer? Because you might have done that once or a hundred times. That's not the issue. The issue is, are you right with God? Are you on the path of life? Today, before you leave, if you're here today and you realize you need God, you need to, you need to submit to God. If that's you, make this your personal prayer. We're not going to call you out. We won't embarrass you. But if you're here today and say, you know what, Tom, I need to, this prayer to be my prayer. I need to get on the path with God. If that's you, real quick, hold your hand up and let me see it. Say, that's me. I'm coming after God today. I'm going to receive the love and the life that God has for me today. I'm coming after him right now. Hold your hand up real quick, and then we're going to pray. Thank you, sir. You can put it down. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. Coming after God life. Getting on the path. Not going to live. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a life choice right here and right now. I'm going, to, I'm going to live the life I was meant to live. Anybody else? Real quick, and then we're going to pray. Thank you. I want everybody in the room to pray this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me strength. Give me hope. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.